The last chapter is Chapter Twenty Five, The Emissaries. Are you certain? Anna asked. The tracker glanced at the others sitting in council. They were grim-faced men, not to be trifled with. He hesitated a moment before answering, "Your Highness, this is the best information we have. I believe there is no guile in the report." With a handful of his personal guard, Wara has made it safely to Warrensfold in the north. The King of Warrensfold has long coveted our northern frontier. Anna sighed. Then Wara chose well to retreat to him. Will said, "He hopes to find an ally in the king." Thank you. You may go. Anna said. Aga gave a wave of his hand to the tracker. "You've ridden hard to deliver this news. Go and refresh yourself with food and drink at the fires." The tracker bowed and left the grove where Anna had kept her sick bed. This space had now become their council room. Will was about to say something, but Aga raised a hand in warning for him to remain silent. The wizard waited until the tracker had left the enclosure, before speaking. I pray you, all of you, be cautious of speaking either your insights or plans in front of others. Princess, your crown is not yet securely set on your head, and all those who are not devoted to you are, by my reckoning, hedging their bets. They will throw their lot in where they see the most determination and chance of success. It is imperative that we let no plans get into the hands of someone who might be willing to sell them to the highest bidder. Aga is right," Will said. "Your Highness, we must return to Gladernock as soon as possible to prevent an uprising of the nobility. Those who supported Wara and profited from him will not be happy with your sitting in his stead. And yet, I am certain that there were many who only endured his rule because their other options were to leave or be disavowed by the king. Anna said, "I think we can also count on others who will be swayed by the prevailing winds, as long as." Their own wealth and position are not severely impacted. A coronation, Colin said brightly. That will rally the people and the nobility behind you, Your Majesty. It will reassert your position and establish your authority. My forces will escort you home, and I guarantee that at the sight of them, any thought of rebelling against you will be quelled. I will send back word to Nargardia at once. Even if the king can't attend, I know my sister, Queen Alice, would not miss this for the world. My thanks to you, Commander. I will never be able to repay the good you have done. You already have, Colin responded. It has been enough to be reunited with old friends and to make new ones. Then we are agreed, Anna said. We will return home in the company of our allies from Nargadia. I will send orders today that preparations are made for a royal wedding, and then a coronation. Do you think we are well enough to travel, Your Majesty? 
Will asked. I feel stronger every day, Ana said. I can ride a horse again, as long as we travel slowly. Based on everything we have heard, it is important that we put our intentions into actions. Excellent plan, said Aga, clapping his hands together. Don't you agree, my Gael? He peered at the knight. You have been strangely quiet. What do you have to say? Michael looked uncomfortable, as if some great burden pressed upon him. Your Majesty, he began, glancing up at Ana, but not making eye contact. I have a request to make. Speak, she said with a puzzled look on her face. Are you not excited to move forward with our plans? I am, Your Majesty, but I have someone to care for, and to him I owe my first loyalty. Ana and Will looked confused, but both Aga and Colin knew what Michael was talking about. This is about Star, he continued, speaking softly. It is my responsibility to look after him. I see, Ana said. She considered this for a moment before speaking. Can he not return to Nargadia? Don't you think they would be happy to have him back? Not possible, Your Majesty, Colin responded. We would indeed welcome Star, but we already have kept this luck dragon for a generation. He will never return to our kingdom again. He must live elsewhere. That much we've learned about the habits of dragons. Your Majesty, Michael began again. I said, I have a request. I have spoken with Star. He would like to settle here, in your land. He already did, once, Ana pointed out, an eyebrow arched. That wasn't Star, Michael said quietly. We are not dealing with two dragons, Ana remarked. Yet, in a way, we are, Michael insisted. If we can accept that there are two dragons living within one, and both dragons have very different characters. When Star sloughed the skin that saved you from Flex's spear thrust, he also sloughed off Scorch. Have you forgotten that Star offered to deliver you from Wara and return the crown to your head? Yet he refused to fight. I think that that dragon had very little to do with it at all, Aina observed. Aina, it depends on how you look at it, Colin interjected. Let me tell you about the good fortune a luck dragon brings. I knew a boy when I was young. He was an orphan, living on the streets. Yet he managed to gain entrance into a compound reserved for children of the nobility. He lived there for years, keeping a secret that eventually got him sent into exile. Bad luck, wouldn't you say? Not at all. Same hour he left, he was named a knight and wandered the world helping people wherever he went. Then, one day, he was captured and thrown into a dungeon. More bad luck, right? Landing in the dungeon, however, led to his being named King's Champion. But he was sent off to fight a dragon. What a disaster! Yet, instead of suffering a miserable death, he tamed the dragon. By this time, Aina was laughing, and the men at the table wore big smiles. Aina, you are alive, 
and you won your battle against Wara. But it was not because you had a superior army. Although we arrived in time, it was not because we had a wizard leading the way. It was because you had a luck dragon on your side. His workings are subtle, but there's no denying the good fortune he brings. You will never regret having him live in your land. In fact, you will count it as the greatest of your blessings. You yourself have said that you can feel the goodness in him, Micael continued. I'm less worried for myself than for my people, Anna responded with a frown. In spite of any lingering hesitation I have, I bow to your arguments. You tell me that he even helped heal me from my wound. But he has terrorized my people for years and brought countless sorrows upon them. How do the people who lived in exile feel about Star? Michael asked, turning to Will. They left their homes because of Scorch. Do they now live in fear and dread that there's a dragon here in this camp? The people left their homes because of the insatiable dragon living in the heart of the king, Will said somberly. Since our first encounter with Star, the army has shown a growing awe and trust in him. Your Majesty, I don't think there will be a problem once your subjects get to know Star. Well then, assuming that's the case, what is the nature of your request? Ana said, turning to Michael. I wish to have a dragon compound built, he said, looking to Colin, who smiled and nodded. I know our friends from Nargadia will help us in the design, and I ask that we keep Star as our honored guest for as long as he wishes to stay. I can recruit a staff to care for him from both the common folk and the nobility. I will make access to Star broader than it was when I grew up. I suspect I already have one devoted scrub boy here in the camp. Helping to look after a dragon will keep him from stealing my horse again. They all laughed, knowing he was talking about Sounder. And I propose that I myself act as dragon master, Michael continued. I will ensure that he is cared for properly. So that is my request. Build for Star a compound and appoint me as the Dragon Master. After speaking, he stared at his hands, unable to meet her eyes. Ana looked at him, concern creasing her fine features. Is that all you request? Is there nothing more that you wish from me? Michael took a deep breath and looked up. I will stand beside you as your knight if you allow me. Your personal guard already calls me the Queen's Champion. I will live up to that title. In addition, I will train others so that you may never fear for your crown. Michael was stunned by Ana's furious response. I don't want you as my knight, she sprang up and stormed around the glade, waving her arms. The others reacted quickly. We'll leave you now, your majesty, Colin said, bowing. He pulled Will by the arm, and the two of them quickly left the enclosure. Michael was also on his feet, following behind Ana. Only Aga sat calmly and watched them both. Have you forgotten everything we said to one another after your battle with Scorch? Tears brimming in her eyes. 
The promises we made, the vows we took, do they have no meaning to you? Ana, we had both just survived what we thought would be certain death, Michael replied. I am offering to release you from hastily making vows. I want to do the honorable thing. <sighs> I don't want the honorable thing, Ana cried at him. He was reminded of the day in the forest when she had left him. How had he managed again to say the wrong thing? Ana continued. I don't want you to be released from anything. I meant every word I said to you. I'm talking about love, not honor. I want a husband, not a knight. Now Michael felt his own heart burst. Ana, your majesty, don't majesty me, she cried out. Marry me. And she ran over to him. Then she openly wept, and he enfolded her with his arms. Oh, my beloved Ana, he said softly, his face pressed into her hair. You are a princess by right of birth. You will soon be queen. I am an orphan. Fleck was right when he said that the dirt of the street will always cling to my cloak. Fleck is dead, she said. Let his twisted words die with him. You and I could forget his words, but there will always be others who won't. If you want to hold the crown, you must marry a man of noble birth. You are far nobler than any of them, she countered. Who of those nobles would have a dragon following his every order? I never give him orders, star acts of his own free will. Why are you arguing with me, she cried. You can be king. Ana, the nobles will bow now, but sooner or later they will begin to grumble that I am a pretender. And worse, they will reject any child that we might have. As your knight, I can strengthen your crown. As your king, I will weaken it. At that moment, a guard slipped through the makeshift door and stood sheepishly at the entrance, staring at the ground, waiting to be acknowledged. Your Highness, he said in a cautious voice. Not now, Ana said. Your Highness, he repeated, determined to deliver his message. Emissaries, Your Highness. They wish you see them immediately. Emissaries, she roared, from the King of Warren's fold? Already? No, your highness, the guard said. I'm not sure where they come from. They spoke of a king, Radabenth. Excellent, Aga said, springing to his feet. I thought they'd never get here, or find us for that matter. Thanks, Star, for that. Send them in at once, and have refreshments brought as well. The guard bowed and left. Never underestimate the attractive forces of a luck dragon, Aga said with a broad smile. Aina and Michael stared at him, bewildered and confused. Come, come, wipe your faces, he said, handing Aina a handkerchief that he pulled out of a bag by his side. It is not fitting for the royal pair to be caught weeping, he added with a gesture to the handkerchief. Aina stared at it. It was a piece of dark blue cloth, 
ornately embroidered all over with golden stars. This is the royal crest of the women of my house, she said with astonishment. How did you, not just of the women, Aga pointed out, I thought you had figured that out already. Have you not seen the piece that Michael carries with him? You haven't lost it, I hope, Michael, he said, raising an accusing eyebrow. But it wasn't mine, the knight said. I've carried it all my life because it was all I had from Galafalia to remember her. She used it for a headscarf. Yes, Aga agreed. She had her own. But what you could not know, and she obviously never told you, is that when I brought you to her, one of the blankets you were wrapped in was also so adorned. You brought me to her? You? You were never an orphan, not really, Aga said with sadness in his eyes. I was entrusted with delivering you to the only relative you had living in Nogardia. That was Galafalia. Don't look so astonished. Of course it was me. How do you think I knew your name? Have you forgotten the day I gave it back to you? Aga, what are you telling me? I am rather unsuccessfully trying to unravel events that have long been concealed from you, he said, laughing. Then he grew serious. Michael, you were born of a royal house, not just any house. As Star must have told you when you were still a boy, you are descended from the ancient race of the dragon keepers. You are born from that royal house. But I was an orphan, Michael protested. By design, Aga countered. They purposely sent me out? We purposely sent you away, a voice spoke. The three of them turned to see the speaker. Two men, dressed in long scarlet robes, stood at the entrance to the grove. Their heads were covered by felt hats. Their brown bearded faces were creased with lines as if they had spent their lives squinting in the sun. Of course, I shouldn't say that we sent you away, the man spoke again. I was but a young man at the time and not part of such a weighty decision, but our people, by one accord, did agree to it. But why? Michael asked. So much for the same reason as we sent the Lady Galafalia away, he responded, to seed the world. And to catch a dragon, of course, the other now spoke. That was our primary goal. May we enter? Aina and Michael wiped their faces on their sleeves. Aga sent for drink, and the five of them sat down where the council had been before. Allow us to introduce ourselves, one of the men began. We are emissaries from the valley in the mountain. It is not a very enchanting name, I admit, but it is what we have called our home. It is a temperate, fertile valley nestled at the feet of high, snow-capped peaks. It is quite a delightful place when you get to know it, 
He paused a moment. His smile was disarming. I am Rugo, and this is Milliam. We received word sent by our trusted friend and counselor, Aga, here, that Star had been tamed again. We have been traveling for nearly two moons. Michael looked at Aga suspiciously. How did you know more than two moons ago that I was going to tame Scorch? I must admit that I jumped to some conclusions, Aga said with a shrug of his shoulders. I acted the moment the rumor reached me that you had entered the fighting pits. Your arrival caused a lot of stir. People were already talking about your potential. I just deduced what would happen next. It was only a guess, I know, but a well-founded one, wouldn't you agree? And what if I hadn't succeeded, Michael asked. Then they would have made the trip in vain, Aga said and smiled innocently. So it's a good thing that you came through. We have come to help with the ceremony, Rugo continued, of settling Star into his new home. Of course, with you here, we will not need to stay very long, but we are here in case there are any issues to be clarified. Slow down, Michael said with a raised hand. Who, who are you people? As we said, Milliam answered, we are from the valley in the mountain. We serve King Radabinth as his emissaries. We are the remnant of the dragon keepers, Rugo added. You can talk with dragons? Michael asked, astonished. No, only members of the royal house can do that, Rugo explained. So are you telling me that I am of the royal house? Look at the color of your skin. You're brown, browner than the people living here. You do not descend from this folk. As if to prove his point, Rugo pulled up his sleeve of his tunic, exposing his own brown arm. And can you understand the dragon's speech? Milliam asked. I can, Michael said. Then yes, you are of the royal house. And Galafalia? As we said, both of you were sent out into the world. But why? As long as there are dragons, we need those who understand them. The time will come too soon when dragon lore is completely lost and dragons will disappear simply because no one understands them any longer. We are trying to forestall that day. Every generation a dragon, in this case Star, spends a period of time as a luck dragon, blessing the land of some happy fortunate kingdom, and then there is an unavoidable period when he goes wild. We send someone who will be able to tame him. It is essential not to leave him wild for too long a time. Nothing good can come of it. Milliam continued, Galafalia tamed Star in fulfillment of an ancient prophecy that renewed the elemental beings that benefit all of us. You, Michael, tamed the dragon when your time came. Your battle will be spoken of for generations. It has great meaning that instead of defeating the dragon, you were defeated, and then you tamed him. Michael's head swam trying to understand what they were telling him. He had to start with the riddle of his birth. 
but why send me out as an orphan? And I've been told that Galafalia was one as well? You have not found a way to avoid it, Miriam responded. If a member of the royal house went out in the world with the intention of taming a dragon, it would most likely never happen. Something would get in the way. We have tried it and lost too many fine men and women, and the result is that the dragon remains wild for much too long. For some reason, Rugo added, it works best if you know nothing about what you have to accomplish. Your own natural strong love for the dragon will attract you to him and will lead you to do what is right. It worked for Lady Galifalia. It appears to have worked for you. Are you saying that Galifalia could also speak with Star? Michael asked. No, Rugo said. She's a woman. Well, what's that supposed to mean? Aina said. You are related to Galifalia, are you not? Miriam asked. Yes, she was my grandmother, Aina said. Can you understand the dragon speech? Not a word, she admitted with a shake of her head. Yet, you understand the dragon's heart, do you not? She hesitated before answering. I feel a strong kinship with Star, but I thought it was because of my love for Michael. Even without Michael, you would feel that connection. The women of your royal house have the heart connection with dragons. The, bil- the ability to speak with a dragon is carried through the mother's bloodline, and men connect with him through speech. It is strange, but we have grown to accept it. It's not, is not yours the land that was plagued by the wild dragon? Miriam asked. When Aina silently nodded, she, he continued, And what were your feelings about the dragon? Aina hesitated. She looked embarrassed and finally stood up and paced. I hated him, she admitted. I wanted nothing more than to see him driven away. And yet, Rugo prompted. I was fascinated by him, she admitted. A cascade of words followed. I would have gone to fight him myself if they would have let me. I would... sneak off to get a glimpse of him. I thought of him day and night. He stirred something in my heart I cannot explain. I was angry at him that he was so large and powerful, and yet he only did things for himself and never helped others. I started the warrior training so that those going off to fight him might have a chance and not just be offered a sacrifice. I began bringing food to the poor quarters of the town because I had to do the good thing that he wasn't doing. Oh my, I never thought of this before. Everything I did was prompted by the dragon. Because of the dragon. (sighs) Isn't that the way everyone felt? The king's reaction to the dragon was to become more ruthless, greedy, and cruel, Aga pointed out. You became more kind, caring, and compassionate. Once, Michael recalled, when we were talking about Scorch, you became angry and said that he just shouldn't be acting this way. I had no idea what you were talking about, but I think you were feeling the true nature of his heart.
I am grateful for what you have told us, Aga said to the emissaries. I have always wondered why Galafalia could not speak with Star. I had wondered if she had been a fluke and had not come from the valley in the mountains. I had never heard about this aspect before. Yet she was able to tame him, did she not? Indeed, she did. Star was devoted to her all her life. She carried the connection with Star quite strongly. She was the daughter of the king and queen. Normally, we do not send out the children of the royal pair, but she was born in a time when there were few other children, and those who were the right age were sickly. It was a great sacrifice for the king and queen to send off their only child. My Lady Galafalia bore her royalty well, Aga said. Much of what you are telling us I never knew. When I was given the boy to deliver to Galafalia, I was told very little and had to agree to much. The less the world knows about our workings, the more chance there is that the children we send can work out their destinies without interference. We leave it up to the nature of the dragon to bring things together. So let me get this straight, Aina said, sitting up. You are telling me that I am descended from the royal throne of the dragon keepers? If you are the granddaughter of the Lady Galafalia, yes. And are you saying that Michael is also descended from the royal family? He has demonstrated to our satisfaction that he is. He is the child that we entrusted to Aga to bring to be raised by Galafalia. He is a distant relative to the queen, but without doubt, yes, of the royal house. Aina turned to Michael with a broad smile. Any more objections, your majesty? Michael ran his hand through his hair. He swallowed hard, trying to sort out his feelings. When I had to leave the dragon compound, I went from exile to night in the time it took to dress me in my new clothing. That was child's play compared to now, going from knight to king. Star had trained me to fight, and I was ready for my new life, and I have no training to be a king. There is none, Aga said, putting his arm around Michael. Just as there is no training to become a father, you just do it. Follow your heart and your good instincts and listen to the advice of others who have gone before you and learn as you go. I want to recommend that you give both a good try. At this, everyone laughed. What is taking the refreshment so long? Aina said. She stood and strode to the entrance, throwing aside the banners that made the makeshift door. She was astonished by what she saw. It looked like the whole army was collected there, near the door, in one mass. Those standing around the door were looking rather sheepish. Colin stepped forward. Your Majesty, forgive us. We have been listening in to your conversation. They know, he said, gesturing 
to the assembled army behind him. And they approve. Michael came to stand beside Anna and took her hand. When the army saw them together, they erupted into uncontained cheering. <laughs>